Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Yeah. And in case you ain't noticed already, we driving. Oh, man. Episode 77. We twice as lucky. Almost got in a wreck, but uh, we twice as lucky. So... I'm on my way home. I'm finning to go see my pops because uh, this is the, uh, shoot, what year is it, 18? This is the three year anniversary of my mother, Bonnie Whitaker Conley's passing. And last year for the second anniversary, I mean, shoot, I mean, I guess it's the second anniversary, third, the second anniversary, because, no, it's the third, because, that, did I go home at 16? Yes, yes, it's the third anniversary, I'm sorry. So, um, my mom passed away in 15, Bonnie Whitaker Conley, November 7th. Uh, uh, my birth mother, Barbara Walker, she passed away on October 7th, 2015, so that was last month. But I, I decided that since I don't get to go home that often, that for the anniversary of her passing, I want to make sure I make a point. <laughs> excuse me. Make sure I make a point to go home, spend some time with my dad. Because it's not like it's a real emotional affair. Um, Aaliyah and Angel normally stay home. And I just go, home, go down and kick it with dad for a day and a half or so. It's not much. But it's nice to be home, chill out. I'm going early though, because next weekend, November 10th, I'm actually returning to the stage at a 123 Pleasant Street for the first time in two years. Last time I did that, I believe it was June 16th, 2016, for uh, E's 50th birthday. Now we're doing another Sound Vision reunion. Uh, so I'm coming back, I'm supposed to be opening. Plan on doing a tight 10 minute set. Might run, might run over 11 or 12. Nothing too drastic. Probably doing medley again. I have no idea what I'm going to perform. But that's next weekend on the 10th. So I'm going a few days early. Last year when I went home for this uh, anniversary is when I recorded episode 39. Soul Daddy number one with my dad. And, uh, hoping he'll be willing to sit down with me again maybe I'll knock out 77 and 78 so it's been crazy though uh in 16 I mean I, I had the podcast but I wasn't mobile as I am now uh and I, I went and kicked it it was nice little weekend too so and I've talked I talked about that weekend on the podcast that's when I stopped in in my old high school and uh Am I in the right lane? Yeah, I'm in the right lane. Uh, stopped in my old high school. 
they were having a football game and they were beating Frankfurt and then Frankfurt scored a touchdown. I was like, oh, bad luck, I'm leaving. <laughs> Cruise control was set to 72 miles per hour because we ride 70 here in uh, West Virginia as I'm about to cross the Maryland border. They ride 65. No, I think they went up to 70. They went up to 70 a few years ago. So I ride 70. 72. But yeah, hopefully uh, Dad will be willing to uh, be on the show again. And maybe I'll knock out 78. So it's been crazy though, man. Like, I was going to record this episode yesterday morning. I had a later shift. First time that's lined up in a minute because work's been nuts. Got people quitting and stuff, so got to work more hours. And I'm a, I am a supervisor at my job. Not the supervisor, but I am a supervisor. So I'm normally required to be there from open to lobby close. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, you know, uh, not a lot of late shifts, but I had one yesterday. But then. Our friends from Columbus, well, who live in Columbus, uh, Maureen and Mooney Rue brought their daughter in, Aria, Aaliyah's best friend since they're both one when they were like neighbors to us. They uh, they essentially, they're, they're going to a wedding in D.C. this weekend. And so they, they used our house as a hotel for the night. And the girls got to see each other on uh, Thursday morning. And so that was cool. Good for them to spend some time together. Um... But yeah, me giving Ali the extra time so they're taking Ali to school when she normally goes, that killed the episode. But here I am. I got nothing to do except sit here and ride. Otherwise, I just keep listening to Joe Budden podcast. So what? So what's been going on, man? Like Halloween's over. Thank goodness. Halloween's exhausting now, man. Like in, when I was in my twenties, it was like. It's like, oh man, Halloween! I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out. Might get a costume. Uh, hit, hit up some clubs. Check out all the ladies in the costumes. Even though I was committed, I was still looking. I'm sorry, Angel. As long as I look but don't touch, and then don't get caught looking, I suppose. And Sherry sure, hears that. That's gonna be my ass. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, baby. It was ten years ago, you know. Shit, what was ten years ago? That was 2008. That was 13 years ago. 2005 sounds more in the ballpark. Yeah, but we riding on cruise control. Nothing to do except here and sit here and talk to y'all. I'm sorry about their irregularities in the podcast. I mean, since Disney just kind of fell off the rails. Because like I said, after the crazy month in April where I released all the episodes leading up to 61... I said I wasn't going to be aiming weekly because I was aiming for weekly on Fridays. Like, I wasn't aiming for a day, but I was at least trying to be aiming seven to ten days. I did a little... I did a decent job, but, you know, with Leah getting back in school and adjusting to the schedules and everything, (laughs) I don't want to be that guy who is uh, sitting there like, all right, Angel fell asleep. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go podcast. That's how, that's how I did pretty much episodes. Shoot. The Huntington years. Uh, let, let's say it was episodes. Tw- tw- let's, let's say it was episodes 20 through 30. A couple of those were uh, car pods. 
the old car pods when I used to bring the laptop in the car, put on the headset mic, do the damn thing that way. Um, but I, I would stay up real late, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, talking like this, and it sounded real sexy, and it didn't sound bad. The quality was great because I was using my condenser mic, but I was tired. And there was one episode where I definitely nodded off at least two to three times. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so so I, I just didn't want to be doing those. And I, I, I feel like to sit down and do a good podcast, you would think an hour would be enough. i like, oh, let me just knock out this hour. And then you're all probably looking, at, looking through the recent episodes like, dude, you sat down with Angel for hour plus if not two hours close to two hours Thomas was over two hours um but I you know I feel like I need a good 90 minutes to to get off a good episode for y'all and I had topics I got topics I feel like I haven't done this in so long because because let's see there was there was self-care which is I was just crying about a bunch of things necessary um Let's see what else I did. I had Hollywood on. I... Who else was on? Angel was on. Obviously, Thomas was on. Did one with Marcus. Shout out to my dude, Marcus. Uh, let me let me just say this real quick. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com. That's not what I wanted to say. Hyphenation is brought to you by the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. Mark Rob. It is a wordpress.com blog brought to you by Marcus showing mad love Robinson he writes creative content on there all the time about pop culture about news movies sports he has a treasure trove of gems (laughs) but breaking news in case you aren't up on the Mark Rob which you should have been if you're a faithful listener hyphenation and it's raining. Excuse the noise. Anyway, he sent he sends the Twitter DM group, our group chat, the group text called the Brain Trust. Shout out to Scrubs. He he says he says to us. Well, he sa- he sends me a early link to his post, and his post reads, "I will no longer." be writing here on the Mark Rob. I got too many things to do in real life regarding work situations and relationship situations and I gotta handle my BI. My first response was don't make me crowdfund a plane ticket to San Antonio because I ain't paying for that so I can whoop your ass as my friend Tyler would say. I was joking of course. But I completely got it. I mean, speaking from experience, it's not like I haven't spoken on here about ending the podcast from time to time. It's not like I think about, I don't think about that all the time when I look at our, look at the numbers and I see, since I stopped posting the direct links to the shows on Twitter faithfully, and I see the numbers in the low 40s by the time I finish a promo run because I try to promote it seven days straight 
it's not like I don't see the numbers and feel like no one's listening other than my 30 downloads or 40 downloads. The episode Angel's like in the 40s, episode Thomas is in the 30s. Um, the, the episode I did about S-Town is in the low, is in the 40s maybe. Drake episode, Drake Pusha T episodes in the 400s. So there's that. But I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna put myself in a box where it's like, uh, this show's about hip hop. This is not hip hop manifesto. This is not Slobberknocker Chronicles. This is not Trake Adventures. Well, it kinda has become Trake Adventures minus Anthony and Gary, Anthony and Gary, Anthony and Thomas. This is a potpourri show where I talk about whatever, whenever, well, whenever it's possible. I guess pop culture slash comedy slash, I don't know, a people podcast. I don't fit into one category is what I'm trying to say. The episodes of Marcus do really great though, despite their length. Of course, the, the episodes is, that's the shortest of ours, which would be the Pusha T. Drake episode, is the one that everybody loves. It's dark. Just playing. Um, <laughs> playing chicken on the road. Uh, you know, so I, I look at the numbers and it's like, man, like, what am I doing wrong? I look at the gram and I use hashtags on the show episodes when I post them on Hyphen Podcast Group on Instagram or on my own Instagram, DB hyphen. And I get my little 20 some likes on some. And they're, they're, they're growers, not showers at first. Some of them take off immediately. Like when I post the catch the show link, those bad boys, they normally hit like 25 likes a post. But I did a little experiment yesterday and I was like, I'm gonna post Alapal. Cause Alapal dropped the episode and I've done a terrible job promoting this week. Um, Isla Powell dropped episode, Browns on Our Blood. Finally came out today, two days late, podcast form. Catch the show has been uh, delayed. I, I went, I went, went through the trial, bit my tongue, went through the trouble <laughs> to uh, make a post, special Instagram post for EJ, for EG, EG, saying congratulations on 20 episodes. Hasn't missed one. Can't wait for the next episode. You're doing a great job. And this fool probably misses two release dates. So none of y'all are getting praised anymore. <laughs> y'all stop working when I praise y'all. Now I'm playing. So, so it's not like I don't see the numbers and like what the fuck am I doing? Why am I continuing to podcast, run this podcast group? But then I think about Browns in Our Blood's YouTube views because each episode's averaging at least 100 views now. Three episodes ago, Anthony and Eric garnered themselves two point something thousand views, had a bunch of comments, had a great showing. We haven't replicated that uh, since, but the comments have been there. I don't know how much credit I can personally take for that. I mean, I'm switching lanes and I didn't mean to. 
way to lose control of your vehicle, Kelly. Um, I mean, I, I do post the, the, the um, YouTube uh, link, but normally after that, since it's hyphen podcast group, I'm pushing the actual um, a, a link to uh, the show on a podcast listening platform. You know, and it's, um, I don't know. I don't know how much I have to do with their success. I look at Catch the Show's numbers. And granted, he's only 20 episodes in. He does really good on Spotify listens. But his most listened to episode, I don't think has hit 50 plays yet. Alapal is actually doing really well, though. Um... Because there for a little bit, I was looking at Alapow's numbers a few months ago on SoundCloud, and they were like in the 40s, the 30s. And I was like, man, and I was thinking they were still the same. I hadn't checked in a while. I checked them the other day. They're in the 70s, so shout out to Alapow. It's like a podcast or whatever. They're hitting like 70s. I think I got a couple hundos recently. <laughs> so Handsome Bane and Gorilla Monk and the Alapow Circle of Trust are doing quite well and I feel like I can I can take a little responsibility for that so anyway back to Marcus I completely get it uh, he I believe he did say this might not be the end he has ideas for stuff but he just has to focus I was waiting for him to be like I can't be on your show no more consider we only get together like maybe once every once a month or every once every two months I don't, I don't think it's going to come to that. But you got to handle your BI, man. So, I completely understand that. But make sure you check out the Mark Rob anyway. Uh, again, that's the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. And also, this podcast is brought to you unofficially by Radio Public. Radio Public is an app for iPhones and Androids. A podcast listening platform. And the great thing about Radio Public is when I went back to Android a few months ago and got my Galaxy S9, which I am absolutely enthralled with, when I got said device and I couldn't get on the, the iTunes, uh, the, the Apple Podcast app anymore, which is really interesting because, I mean, there's an Apple Music app for Android. But there's not an Apple Podcast app for Android. If, if Apple did that, and I don't know if that's in the cards or if they're just kind of holding that close to the vest considering that all podcasts have to kind of go through Apple to get on. Um, I, I just... What was I saying? Uh, may, that maybe there's just no point in iTunes unleashing an app for Android. But I couldn't get the direct links to the shows anymore, and I had been doing that through my podcast app when I had an iPhone there for a few months. And I was looking for a way to promote podcasts better on Android. And then that's when I ran into Radio Public. So the Radio Public app, what it does for Androids, is it will take any iTunes link as a hydroplane. Easy there, Tiger. 
and ha, my car kicked itself out of uh that's pretty cool i've never hydroplaned in the car in my buick enclave shout out to my dad and uh when i hydroplane it automatically kicked itself out of cruise control so that was cool but yeah i lost my train of thought what it does is if you click on any itunes link as an android user if you had the radio public app installed on your phone it will then bring the show up on radio public and what it does then is you can play it from your phone no problems no more having to email yourself links so that you can find uh, find a podcast on your favorite podcast listing platform or having to go to a different uh, app such as a Google Play Music or a Google Podcast and see if a show's been added or a Stitcher it's it's right there available you click iTunes it comes up in Radio Public so and it's on it's for iTunes too so if you don't like it your podcast app on iTunes or on iPhone you can use Radio Public that's all I'm saying unofficially sponsored and then finally all episodes of Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group a Morgantown West Virginia based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people established 2017 just had our one year anniversary I didn't make a big fuss but we got five shows we got Browns in Our Blood which is our first entry well technically Hyphen Nation was our first entry Browns in Our Blood it's like a podcast or whatever that's three Catch the Show by EG and Lemon on the Edge with my friend Lane Lemon who I used to be on the show and now he just finds somebody to talk sports with he has a new episode coming it's sitting on my YouTube page to be edited so we'll get to that hopefully tonight I brought my laptop with me hyphenpodcastgroup.com hyphenpodgroup on Twitter hyphenpodcastgroup on Instagram and on Facebook alright now that I've wasted 20 minutes of your time first topic I can't read alright this is a dumb topic but we're going to say it anyway so one thing that I have recently decided to do not even recently decided to do I don't really support college sports anymore um essentially NCAA is big business it is constantly making tons upon tons upon tons of money every single year off of student athletes and when I say tons I don't necessarily mean what they make off of, off of volleyball off of lacrosse off soccer while those do numbers I'm talking about basketball and football so along with my cord cutting damn when did we cut the cord was that last year along with when Angel and I finally cut the cord and stopped uh, getting cable my college sports watching has waned outside of watching WVU events and even then if you go to my YouTube channel you should subscribe and hit, and, uh, hit that notifications button that way you never miss an episode of Hyphen Nation on YouTube or catch the show on YouTube or Lemon on the Edge on YouTube 
This is one big advertisement, pretty much. Essentially, I had a rant. I did a, a little car, a little mini episode of Hyphen Nation. I like to call those my boring ass life. Shout out to Kevin Smith. Where I essentially went on a little rant about Dave U. Um, not caring about their football team ever winning. And while I understand it's hard to compete with the, the major schools like the Alabamas and the Michigans and the Ohio States and the Notre Dames to compete on a yearly basis. And the insert your favorite college football juggernaut. Especially when it comes to paying student-athletes under the table, which I have no problem with, but obviously it's against the rules. <laughs> Excuse me. When it comes to that kind of stuff, Davey does not indulge in those practices well enough. Because <laughs> I feel like no school's exempt from paying for, paying for talent anymore. But another problem Davey has is who wants to go play in Morgantown, West Virginia? And you could say in like Alabama. I mean, Alabama gets cold in winter, I think. It's in the south, but Alabama gets cold in winter, I believe. Collect, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. But nobody wants to come to little old Morgantown to have a college football career. Because let's face it, let's think of some of uh the great NFL players who have come from West Virginia. That pause was deliberate. So there's Bruce Irvin, who's toiling in the trenches with the Raiders right now. The one in, we had a bye, so we're going to play uh, eight games. The one in seven Oakland Raiders led by John Gruden. Remember I did the episode where I said I trusted Gruden? Yeah, Marcus, you were right. <laughs> you said they're going to go winless. We beat the Browns of all of all teams, of course. <sighs> Man, looked horrible against the 49ers. I'm not getting into it, but Bruce Irvin plays for the Raiders. Pretty much had a promising start with the Seahawks. The whole Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, uh, end of Super Bowl fiasco happened with him getting that penalty. I believe he got thrown out the Super Bowl uh, shortly after Malcolm Butler's uh, game-saving interception against the Seahawks. Came a Raider, was happy, but he he's not currently happy with the climate of the Oakland Raiders, and neither is uh, a lot of players on the team, from what I read, from what I've learned in my studies on what my team has become let's see other NFL players have done well Jeff Hosteller another Raider also a New York Giant who did win Super Bowl 25 but that was more because of the legs of Otis Anderson and uh, the leg of Scott Norton did I say that right Scott Norton he's a wrestler Scott Norwood Shout out to Scott Norton <laughs> and Scott Norwood. Who, surprisingly, I watched four seasons of Buffalo and uh, the Bills and Buffalo did not do
do him as dirty as it seemed. He came back the next season um, after that horrific kick that would have won the Bills uh, the Super Bowl. And then they ended up cutting him, I believe, before the 93 season. Oh, before the... Wait, that was... Maybe, maybe it was there in 92. Uh, maybe before the 93 season, I was right. Because that's when they brought in Christie, I believe. Not Doug Christie, obviously. But I know they had a kicker named Christie. Don't quote me on that, though. Man, I'm so far off track. Oh, college sports. What other debut players don't, uh, haven't had a great, has had a great NFL career? There was James Jett. He came from, he played for the Raiders for a while. Nothing of note. Nothing major. Um, Pat White, of course, passed on playing baseball, got drafted by the Dolphins, got in the game with the Dolphins, got hurt immediately. Dolphins cut him, bounced around. Last team he was on was the Redskins and one of our RG3s last seasons there. Didn't make it out of the preseason. Steve Slayton actually had some success on the Houston Texans uh, before he was dumped. He got injured and then along came a, uh, what was old boy's name from the Texans? I can't, I can't podcast one-on-one for y'all. But uh, there was a Texans running. Arian Foster. Yeah, Arian Foster showed up. And uh, he never got his job back. And then he was out in the NFL shortly after. Wendell Smallwood's playing for the Eagles right now. He's in a committee with uh, Corey Clement and some other guy that the Eagles are giving run right now. Uh, so, so that's fine. He did win a Super Bowl, though. So shout out to winning Super Bowl. Carl Joseph is on the Raiders. They've been shopping him as of late. Big surprise. Gruden wants to get rid of anybody who wasn't there before he got there. So, there's just not a history. Major Harris led debut to the national championship game in 1988. I don't even know what happened with his professional career. Um, Amos Zareway, great years at WVU. Had a few seasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers never mounted anything. So, so there, there's just a history of WVU not producing NFL talent. And ultimately, as much as players want to go to a good school and play college football, it's a stepping stone. It's not like the NBA, where you go to NBA, you play one season, and then you go, you can, or go to the college, play one season, you get drafted in NBA. It, um, that's not how it works. So you go to the G League. If um, damn, hydroplaning a lot. You go to the G League, especially if you, uh, if you're familiar with NBA 2K19. I'm only familiar because I'm watching Chris Smooth's playthroughs on uh, YouTube right now, enjoying those way better than the my career from last year. Uh, with whatever his face was, and uh, and I didn't enjoy watching that at all. I stopped watching that real early, but I'm enjoying the story so far. Um, so it's not easy entry. You you go to a school, you play for at least three seasons at a high caliber. Because I don't think I don't know if there's a limit on them, but I mean, 
normally in college you get redshirted, you're behind a starter. You would still have to be on the team at least two to three seasons before you're actually a starter and then can really get noticed unless you're just an all-world talent. So WVU is not a hotbed for producing pros. Basketball or football? Long story short. Sorry I wasted your time on that. Um, and I, I can't even get excited about March Madness right now. And I've always loved March Madness. Always been a huge March Madness fan. I'm going to run into him. Okay, I'm not going to run into him because I'm breaking. Um, I got cruise control on, so I'm trying to, you know, try to stay attentive to what's going on in front of me. They just hit their brakes, for example. Um, so, yeah, anyway, long story short, if go watch the video on, that I did on uh, YouTube. Uh, pretty much, Dave U has a culture of not caring whether they can win the Big 12 or even compete for national championship. Uh, a lot of that is not their fault. But then I feel like they are happy with where they're currently at. They got in the Big 12, which is a major conference, after everybody defected from uh, the Big East. <laughs> and they go to a bowl game every year, which they normally lose. Dana Holgerson is an average coach. He, ha he has failed on sev in several years now to bring in recruitment classes that compete. And so as long as WVU wins their minimum amount of games that they need to, to get a bowl game and then get, and then goes to the said bowl game. That's all they care about because Dave U has dumb fans. And I'm going to say this. As the only thing going, aside from Marshall, in West Virginia, no professional sports, obviously, people love WVU. Like, they love everything WVU. These dumbasses just, there's no, there's just, they'll, they'll complain a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's like, hey, at least we had a team on the field. Now, that, that is how the WVU fan base, and this topic's completely changed now, that is how the WVU fan base reacts. We got a team on the field, and they're wearing gold and blue. Woo! That's all they care about. Me, Having adopted WVU upon moving to Morgantown in 03, being a former Miami Hurricanes fan because I adopted that uh, from my brother, because he was a Hurricanes fan when the Hurricanes were the Hurricanes in the late 80s and, well, hell, most of the 80s and the early 90s, up until the early 2000s. Let's just be real. Um. You know, I'm losing my. I'm looking at the road. I'm I'm trying to see the lines and shit. I found them. <laughs> I I mean the Hurricanes are a football program that came one in the early '80s. They won a bunch of national championships. They became a nationally treasured football team by many. So to go from that culture to DVU was a culture shock. But then. When I changed up and started rooting for WVU, things changed. Because Rich Rodriguez was a head coach. We had an average quarterback. 
Rashid Marshall, who I still to this day says is trash. And actually recently, somebody posted something about him on Twitter. And I think, I don't, I, they may have added him. I'm pretty sure. But then also, um, I know he's a broadcaster now. I might have wrote his name. And he must have searched himself on Twitter. And uh, I made some ill comment about him. And he was like, and who are you? And I replied back. I was like, that's fair. That is fair. You are Rasheed Marshall. You have a television career. You went to WVU. You had a pretty good 2003 season. Uh, below uh, an underwhelming 2004 uh, season. After high expectations. And then... I don't know if he went pro or not. So he, he did kind of call me on like, and who are you? I'm the host of the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, bro. You ain't know? <laughs> I should have got a drink. I'm a little dry. So, and then they also had um, a great running back in 03. Uh, they exceeded expectations in 03. I don't know if they won the Big East, but then they went to the Gator Bowl and lost Florida State. 2004, everybody's like, oh, WWE be so good this year. And they lost, they weren't as good. Ended up in Gator Bowl and lost Florida State. And in 2005, showed up Chuck, Chuck Benaric, uh Chuck Benaric's kid. Maybe he is Chuck Benaric's kid. Maybe his grandson. Adam Benaric was the 49ers. The 49ers. The fuck? Got 49ers on the brain because the Raiders got whoop bomb last night. Adam Benaric was the Mountaineers' starting quarterback. Going into the 2005 season, we squeaked out some early wins, but then Benaric got hurt, and a little and a guy named Patrick White came into the game, and nothing was the same. And it helped that Steve Slayton also came on at the exact same time, and then the Mountaineers became a powerhouse from 2005 up until 2007, when they narrowly lost to Pitt to lose out on going to the national championship game for the second time ever. And then they went and played Oklahoma and whooped Oklahoma. And then Rich Rod left. And then we still whooped Oklahoma. And then 2008 happened and we regressed some. And then 2010 was, or no, it was 2011 was when Stewart got first out, I believe. And then Holgerson came in, and then Holgerson, uh, and we ended up whooping Clemson real bad. I think that was 2011 when all that happened. That was awesome, 2010 season. And ever since, Holgerson has just done just enough. We've had great years. Uh, of course, we had uh, Geno Smith, who's had a tumultuous NFL career. He still has a career, though. He is still out in San Diego backing up, fill up in his many kids' rivers. But yeah, WV only cares about winning enough games to get to a bowl game. Huggins in basketball cares too much about the team to make them to make them that obvious. Huggins cares about winning basketball games still. We just don't still recruit the talent enough to get us over the hump. Um, and we're competitive in the Big 12. Way more competitive than we are in football. But we just don't have enough talent to get us over the hump come turning time. And Javon Carter uh, got drafted by the Grizzlies, had a great career at WVU, and 
played well in the preseason, saw some good things. Two games in, the Memphis Grizzlies shipped Javon Carter to the G League. And we'll see what happens with Javon. So, I'm not big on college, not that big on college sports. I, I got, I kind of got over the Hurricanes. I felt like that was more of a, a bandwagon jump. And I did care more about WVU. I still love the Hurricanes program and the mystique and the history. But if anything, I was a fan of old Miami. It'll never be that Miami again. I understand that. But coming from a culture of Miami and then coming from jumping on the Bulls bandwagon when I was eight and nine, well, I was 91. So I was eight years old. Um, jumping on the Bulls bandwagon and following Jordan. Jordan's on the Bulls. Bulls my favorite team and then always sticking with them other than some lean Iverson years and me flirting with the Timberwolves uh, the past two seasons a little bit. Shout out to Derrick Rose scoring 50. But on the other hand, let's remember that Derrick Rose is going to be on civil trial again for that rape case. So that is, you know, men are trash. Um, he, he, he was not, he was found guilty of no wrongdoing previously. He has never been truly on trial for a rape. She's appealing her original civil case. But shout out to Derek for scoring 50. I'm happy for him. I know it's real emotional. Uh, which, and that whole thing complicates my relationship with Kobe. Because for years I've been anti-Kobe. Because because that's after I hated Kobe for years. Because he's Kobe. And I finally acquiesced. Acquiesced. However you say that. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I fuck with Kobe. I respect Kobe's game. I was a fan of watching Kobe for years. From 09 to 10, 11, 12... 13 and I started doing a little digging read a little more about what happened in Colorado realized that yeah the charges were dropped but my man wasn't found not guilty and he wasn't found guilty but he sure did pay out a settlement and and, and I mean obviously he cheated on Vanessa that much he's cop to but we all know there's a lot more going on than so there's my complicated relationship with Kobe where it's like Kobe's a phenomenal basketball player but in the back of my mind it's always like well Kobe raped a girl Tyson raped a girl Tupac raped a girl <sighs> you know men are trash I'm going I am all over the place maybe that's just because I'm driving and I'm not sitting here and just kind of I mean, uh, hopefully it makes for a good podcast, and who knows? Feels good. Feels good to be back. Um, and then the Raiders have always been the Raiders. My dad's a Raiders fan. I'm a Raiders fan. Been waiting on my Red Sox fandom since Poppy retired. I, I do enjoy... Uh, Pirates games because they're an hour away from us and they're Pirates. I mean, it's not like the Pirates are going to suddenly win four World Series in 15 years like what happened with the Red Sox when I became a fan of them. Because after the Indians broke up 
and Hargrove was fired because I was an Indians fan in the 90s. The Albert Bell Indians, the Manny Ramirez Indians, the Kenny Lofton Indians. After that team was dismantled and after two close calls in the World Series, I was without a team for a few years. Then after seeing the Red Sox get dismantled by the Yankees in 03, thanks to freaking Boone, uh, I decided I was going to follow the Yankees because Manny was on the team, or the Yankees. I'm sorry, never the Yankees. You know, I did own a Yankees hat. Shout out to Fred Durst. Had a red and black Yankees hat. And I, Yankees hat. And I think I did have a green one with a blue Yankees logo. But that was a complicated time. I was in high school. I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> I wore my Indians hat more than. Uh, so I was going to be a Red Sox fan. And then next year win the World Series. Three years later win the World Series. Six years later win the World Series. And now here we are five years later. They win another World Series. So shout out to the Red Sox. I, I, I was happy to see him win it. But it, it didn't feel the same. It wasn't the same as in 13 two years after that epic collapse in 2011 it wasn't the same as 07 when I believe we went down maybe 3-1 to the Indians in the ALCS and then I started wearing my hat every day my Red Sox hat and then they pulled themselves out of the hole and won the series maybe this went down like 2-1 or something but I know they came back and then they swept the Rockies in 07 04 I was following it but I I mean you go down 3-0 to the Yankees I mean I, I was just kind of waiting for the shooter drop and then just never did and then they won and I was like damn that's kind of cool 07 and 13 are my favorite championship years so. 04 was sweet because it had been so long but I had just gotten down so I didn't understand as much as I understood by 07 and as much as I understood by 13, especially after our collapse in 2011. So that covers all my major sports. But anyway, it's hard following WVU because it's that culture is not about winning. That culture is about playing in the games. And dumbass WVU fans are just happy that we're on the field and they don't care that Dana's mediocre. And... The athletic director extended them like a couple years ago. So Dana's here for like four more seasons or some shit. Um, there's just so many problems. And it just doesn't seem like coaching-wise, nothing's being done. Because obviously you get better coaches, you bring in more recruitment, better recruit, recruit classes, then you compete better. Whew. Now that that's out of the way, the real original topic of this was it pisses me off when people go out and buy sports jerseys with the player's name on them. I thought that shit was cool as a kid. That shit's cool for out of college. Um, but when I was a kid, and still to this day, they can't put a player's actual name on the back of a jersey. But what schools will do is they will release a certain amount of jersey numbers of certain players. So it'll be the quarterback like so there's a bunch of Will Greer numbers out there there's probably da uh, David Sills Will's, David Sills uh, numbers out there I, I don't even look at jerseys anymore I have no interest in buying WVU jersey I don't really like our current jerseys um, like me I have a Slayton jersey I have a 23 jersey 
that I got my like the first year I moved here in 03. It was a 23 plus it's white. That shit looks clean. I love that jersey. I have a um, gold Geno Smith jersey that I got. It's a, a size too small for me, but I still rock it. So, but schools will release a, a certain player's number and then fans can buy that number. Which is sad because if another player comes on um, throughout the season, they don't release the numbers like that. So, for example, when WU went to the Final Four in, 20, in 2010, the main jersey that was out, there was like white number ones for Deshaun Butler, but they were the white jer either the white jersey or the blue jersey. When the black jerseys came out, they put out the number three jersey, which was uh, Ebanks. You couldn't find a black Deshaun Butler jersey to save your life. They made some t-shirts. And I don't even know if those were official ones. Um, and there was other, the blue and yellow and blue and gold Deshaun numbers too, but I never saw, not or Ebanks numbers too, but I never saw a Deshaun jersey in black. So already colleges are profiting from the players on the field with the jerseys and they kind of deem who gets, gets jerseys. Like there's a, my friend Matt, had uh, probably still has an Owen Schmidt jersey. They released his. I'm sure there was uh, what's his face. Um, I can't remember his name. He came in like toward the tail end of Slayton's career and was a running back. He was tiny and was killing everybody until the game kind of caught up with him. Everybody's like, oh, he was really good when he was the lead back. Like, yeah, but he was small as fuck. And that's why he never made it in the NFL. He was tiny. And when you were using them as a change of pace with Slayton, it made sense. Slayton was a workhorse. Whatever old boy's name was, he was um he was he was tiny and fast. So defenses were tired. You throw him in on third down, and yeah, he's gonna rip off a 59-yard touchdown run. But when you make him your every down back, he's gonna get his yards because he's still a good runner, but he's not going to be as good as he was. But I'll see people at Dayview Sporting Events now wearing jerseys, which is fine. I have my jerseys, but then they'll have T. Austin, Tavon. Tavon's in the NFL still. Hell, Stedman Bailey might still be in the NFL too if he hadn't got shot in the head. I heard he's trying to have a comeback. I mean, last I heard about that was like maybe 18 months ago, so he's trying to make it back. Um, but then again, I heard he also has a job with WVU, so he might be on the sideline at WVU now. Um, but Tavon's still a cowboy, and they're using him. <laughs> Man, I'm still on the first topic. How, how deep in are we? Shit, we're at almost, we're at almost an hour. I'm on one topic. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry. So... I see people with jerseys with the players' names on them. Granted, these are not licensed, whatever they're called, NCAA student-athlete jerseys. Y'all seen the logo on, on uh, collegiate uniforms. That It's not the NCAA logo, but the one about collegiate. These aren't licensed, obviously. But it really irks me with all that said, with my opinion on college sports and the players deserving to be paid and 
how it's essentially I mean yeah you're getting a free Scott a free education but that free education is only worth I don't know let's say 40 grand because you you know as a basketball player or a football player most of them ain't coming out to be or going through their bachelor's programs to be doctors or lawyers or anything like that it's stuff that they can handle in their course load along with uh, their sports stuff now if they decide to go back and get their masters later and become a doctor and all that then good on them but it's it's a course load that won't affect their performance on the football field on the basketball court so that little $40,000 scholarship $50,000 scholarship that they got for free pales in comparison to the millions and I mean millions of dollars that schools make off of the student athlete so yeah I get a little miffed when I see somebody wearing a, a jersey with a player's name because it's already bad enough that they're not getting paid for the ones without their names on it it's one of the reasons why we have no college sports games anymore did they even make college bat no they don't make college basketball either so the last NCAA college basketball game was 14 I believe and then the last NCAA football was 14 because in case you don't know Ed O'Bannon was playing video games with maybe his kid or something saw his likeness or something realized that there was no kickback because like with um with the pro sports um, a lot of times like if you're playing 2k19 now and somebody you'll never see in a game like Chris Webber just got added in recent years but you won't see Charles Barkley and that's because he won't sign his likeness off um, and when a player is missing from a classic team it's normally because they won't sign off on their likeness because yeah they get paid a little bit but it's not like they're 2k cannot afford to give people a percentage of their sales that would be insane so normally when a player is in the game they get cut a nice little check for being in a game and then that's it and then 2k makes whatever they make off of the game sales and off the DLC sales and off of the um, the VC sales so Ed O'Bannon was like oh well this is a classic UCLA team and this looks a lot like me I'm not getting paid and he made a big stink about it which is fair yeah it sucks that we don't get any college sports games anymore but he's right to make a big stink about it it's fine and he ended up winning this case so essentially if if video game companies who are making these college football games they already had to pay for the school licensing and on top of that they are making literal I believe they're making living rosters they are making literal ro literal rosters every year of the players on the team so a player could be the starting quarterback Alabama and plays himself he just wouldn't have his name and then what the internet would do because the internet people would go and make actual rosters and then people would be able to play as actual player names and stuff I mean I, my favorite one of my favorite football games ever is NCAA football 2004 and everything's editable 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 is that a word you can edit everything so 
you can actually change all the names so I could sit there and make um, Frank Gore as a starting Hurricanes running back um, in 2004. I can make Rasheed Marshall, though I don't know why I want to. I can make the running back who I respect way more from WVU that season. Um, I just got to change their name. Their stats are already there. So uh, EA and 2K was already making rosters reflecting these players. So all this money was going being funneled to already to NCAA for licenses. And then the video game companies are making buku money off of these players' likenesses without their names actually being on it. And as a college player, they got a kick out of being in the game. They didn't care, really. I mean, I'm sure there was some that was like, man, uh, how much money are they getting off this game that I'm not seeing? Like, they ain't dumb. But at the same time, they wanted to play themselves in the game. And it's cool when you've worked hard your whole college career to be the starting free safety at Michigan, and then you buy NCAA football 2019, NCAA football 19, you go to Michigan, starting free safety is you, that's dope. That's super dope, especially when you're 19, 20, and all you do is play video games most of the time in your downtime. But yeah, Ed O'Bannon made a stink. <laughs> and when I say stink, I mean more power to him. He did the right thing. But to finally end this topic, it pisses me off to see current players and see current jerseys with their names on the back. Because one, it didn't even go to NCAA. Yeah, it's cool. But at the same time, it's none of that's going to athlete. It's bad enough buying the licensed jerseys, but none of that's going to the athlete. So that's what irks me about names on the back of college players' jerseys. And that's it of that topic. Woo! Next topic. Um, what I wrote down was the problem with servers. And I looked at this uh, probably before last weekend. And I was like, I have no idea what the hell this means. I can't remember. Now, obviously, I'm talking about waiters, waitresses, that kind of services, servers. Now, here's the thing. I've never been a waiter. Never had a desire. desire. One of the things I said to myself when I, when I started working was I never want to be in food service. Granted, my first job was at Cape and Valley Market in Cape and Bridge, where I'm headed right now, as a cashier. And Cape and Valley Market is was for years the only place you could go to Cape and Bridge to get anything. It's a convenience store. And so the owner, Richard Smith, would price his items slightly higher than they needed to be because... He was the only game in town. Other than that, you're going to go 20 minutes towards Winchester or 20 minutes towards Romney. Now, over time, within the last... Well, shit, I left in 03. So, in the last 15 years, Cape and Bridge has now acquired a family dollar, a dollar general. Um, there was a couple... There was a, a pizza place when I lived there. Now there's a pizza place 
and a Mexican restaurant with excellent Mexican food. A oh, there was a McDonald's when I left too. Um, McDonald's actually changed before I left to a restaurant called Greg's, which makes great home cooked food. Cash only though. So there's more options, but for years the Cape and Valley market was on Game in Town, and so not only did Richard price his items a little bit higher, like not the basic stuff, but like you go in there for chips. Your chips might be 50, 75 cents more than they would be if you drove 10 minutes the other direction to a place called Hall Creek, which is another convenience store down Route 50. Um, oh, you, you need some dog biscuits? Uh, normally if you buy this box at a grocery store, it's gonna cost you uh, $3.50. These are five bucks. So, so He's he nickel and dimes people. He, he may still do it. I looked at some of his prices when I was in there uh, when me and Angel and Aaliyah came down a few weeks ago for Dad's birthday. And his prices are still high. But what the genius of what Rick did, he <laughs> opened a deli in there. And not like a real deli, but a, like, you know, cold cuts. And so one of the things he's infamous for making were these subs, these ginormous subs. Like, these motherfuckers are huge. You can eat, even the six-inch joints, you can eat off that thing. You can have it for lunch or dinner, or you can eat off it for two days. If you get a foot long, you have, literally have food for four days. Four to three days, unless you're a pig and just eat it all. Which I've seen, and which I've done. Can't lie. I am a fat kid. And this road got real quiet. I hope I'm going the right direction. <laughs> I've been talking so much. I thought I got turned around and be heading back home, back to Morgantown. Um, I kid, I kid. I've driven this road a bunch of times now. <sighs> uh, but yeah, they have a deli, infamous for these subs. And so I got a job there. And so you're a cashier. Normally, uh, during the day, I was always on the day shift or the evening shift. So during the day, you would, um, there would be three of you sometimes four and there's two registers three, three registers two up front one on the side and then whenever somebody stood at the deli counter you would go and take their order and if they want a sub you grab a sub one of the, the pre-made ones that y'all made or a sandwich if they want something cut you go to the deli, the meat slicer cut my finger on that bitch a few times it wasn't fun didn't cut off a finger just cut my finger period um, you would go to the meat, the meat slicer, slice up the cheese, slice up the meat, make your sandwich, um, meatball subs. When I actually started there is when he opened the pizza shop. And so he had a little pizza machine back there with some frozen dough. You go get the dough out the cooler, throw the cheese on, put whatever they want on there. And I tell you what, I used to make a mean ass pizza at Cape Valley Market. Make a mean ass pizza, boy. And they, they instructed you like they didn't want it done like the um, the subs because the subs are always infamous for meat, cheese, lots of meat and cheese. There's so much, it's hard to hard to wrap your hands around this thing. Like there's a subreddit called Tips Don't Touch. Not safe for work. If you ever look up that bad boy, you'll that you'll look at that and that's how a uh, Cayman Valley Market sub feels. Okay, <laughs> I love this podcast so much. <laughs> This episode's wonderful. So, yeah, you, you would you would make the food or whatever. 
and you would give it to them. And the pizza, pizza was like, all right, well, you would put the sauce down. And they were never, they never said be stingy. But when they first showed me how to make it, it's like you coat it with the sauce and and make sure that everything's covered and spread it out and you sprinkle the cheese and make sure there's enough cheese um, that the sauce isn't showing and then you kind of go light on the top. Shit, I wasn't making anything cray cray, but my joint had a generous sauce on it. Spread it all around. Get the cheese on there. Make sure I don't see no red on that motherfucker. Sprinkle the, the pepperoni on there. Make sure I don't see no cheese. I made some banging pizzas. Now, the generic pizzas we would put out just for like the slices and stuff. Like maybe once a day when I worked, I'd make a good one. And other times I'd just kind of be a little light. Because I, I didn't want to sit there and be killing the toppings. And then Rick be like, or Pam, his wife, who also helped at the store. Also uh, ran the store, actually. I didn't want her to be like, what are you doing? You're doing too much of the pizzas. You're costing us too much of the ingredients. Never had anything said to me. But I made a banging ass pizza. Just so y'all know. But that's the only time I was in food service. And it got a little crazy behind that counter sometimes with people's orders and people calling in orders. And I mean, we had uh, steak subs. And that stuff was... Um, we, we would have like little hot pots, so to speak. Like if you go to Subway... And you see the little soup uh, containers that they have the soup in to keep it hot. We had one, we had like maybe one soup or something. Ow, I bit my tongue again. Damn. We had one soup. And then we also had, um, whatchamacallit, um, we had meatballs. Uh, we'd have a, a meatball sub. So we'd have all the meatballs in there. So if there's a meatball sub, you pull all the meatballs out of there. They've just been sitting there simmering all day. And then we had a, ste a steak, um, kind of like a steak and broth kind of deal. And so that's where you would get the steak from when you made uh, the steak sub. But I mean, after that, I mean, it, it wasn't too hectic. I feel like I spent more time on the registers and filling fucking propane tanks. Ugh. If you've never filled a propane tank, thank your lucky stars and garters. Because dicks, that's what we call it. That's what us caping, caping Bridgians call it. Dix has a propane tank outside. And when somebody brought an empty tank to you, you had to go outside, get the keys, go outside, unlock the propane area, plug this freaking tank into this hose. And it wasn't easy. I mean, literally you would think it'd be like just threaded in sometimes. Like this shit was difficult because you're dealing with propane. You're dealing with a high pressure gas coming out of one tank, going through this hose, through this high pressure nozzle into this propane tank that they're gonna take back to their grill. There was an art to this shit. If you didn't get it right, the shit wouldn't fill. So I spent so much time out there filling up people's propane tanks. Hated that shit. Absolutely hated it. But I decided I didn't wanna get in food service. So I never did. So I, aside from what I know from friends of mine and people who've, and stories I've read of people being servers, I've never actually seen, I don't even wanna say seen, I've never actually um, lived the life of a server. And this is kind of, uh, and my other experience would be uh, seeing waiting. Waiting's a good-ass movie. I'm going to recommend Waiting right now. If you haven't seen Ronald Reynolds' movie, Waiting, 
it's really freaking good. He's really creepy in it because he's kind of waiting for the hostess to turn 18 so he can bang her. He doesn't bang her, though, so good on you, uh, Ryan Reynolds, for not being a complete trash man in that movie. But I still think Waiting's funny as shit. Love that movie. So I wrote down the problem with servers. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I was looking through my Insta stories. Because you know, Instagram archives all your shit for you. So you can go back and look at everything you've ever made an Insta story of, which is real cool. And then you can reshare it. And you can even do the highlight thing with it if you want to, too, and add it to the top of your uh, Instagram profile. And I saw my snap, my, my snap, my snap, no, it wasn't a snap. Saw my IG story from Denny's a few weeks ago. I hate Morgantown's Denny's. And my thing is, I talked about this on the podcast before, I'm at an age where if I don't like your fucking food, if I have a bad experience or I can't find something on your menu that I definitely fuck with, I'm not coming back to your fucking restaurant. And I hate it when I get forced there. Because what happens is there's lots of breakfast places in Morgantown. There's Cracker Barrel, which would be top of my list to go to. to, go to. Some of y'all might feel like Cracker Barrel's trash. I enjoy Cracker Barrel's food. Mainly because they got country ham. Love country ham. Um, ever since I was a wee child and first went to a Cracker Barrel, um, always got Mama's Pancake Breakfast with the, um, I think they're called Monticello Cherries. I don't know if they have that topping anymore. And then the whipped cream. Their bacon is thick and delicious and um, crisp. Always loved that. Just always been a Cracker Barrel kind of guy. Me and Angel used to make trips to Fairmont, which is 20 minutes out of the way to go to Cracker Barrel before we got a Cracker Barrel. When did we get a Cracker Barrel? Less than 10 years ago, I feel like. Or maybe 10 years ago. I don't keep track of these things. I'm not Dort Adams. Damn, that sounded bitter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. Um, I've been listening to Dart Against Humanity. And so, I while I enjoy the show... Dart's just an unhappy dude, it feels like. I've never, I haven't got to the Red Sox episode yet where, where they won the World Series. But, I mean, Dart, Dart's, there's happy, there's sad, there's moody with me, you know. I have levels to the shit. Dart has one level, and that's black angry. You know, I don't, I don't ever think I've heard Dart smile while he's talking. i definitely never seen a picture of Dart smiling. I need to watch the full episode of uh, Dart's visit to Isla Pal to see if Dart laughs or anything. Like, I've heard, like, little... <laughs> I've heard that. But, I mean, you just do that shit with the meanest look on your face. You know, that's how niggas get fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, we just joking. <laughs> Pow! Just saying. Just saying. But, I fuck a cracker, bro. I hop... I don't like more. I'm not big on IHOP. I've been to multiple IHOPs now. And for years, it was always this mystical unicorn to me. Because I always saw um, International House of Pancakes ads on TV as a kid. But there wasn't one in Winchester. And I think the closest... I think the first one I heard the first time I went to one was in Richmond, maybe, with my dad. And I was like, oh, I love pancakes. I love pancakes. The best thing IHOP does is pancakes. That's the one thing they haven't fucked up. And I'm glad I didn't touch that IHOP controversy. 
They don't fuck up pancakes. Pancakes are delicious, top notch. But that's the only thing I want. Their, their bacon leaves a lot to be desired. Their eggs leave a lot to desire. I will say though, they do make a good French toast and they do make some banging omelets. So omelets, French toast, pancakes, cool. Um, Bob Evans, I used to fuck heavy with Bob Evans. We used to, as a crew, uh, we've all been partying over the weekend, Saturday night, and this is when I lived with Stevie and uh, Wes. We would all get up on Sunday mornings and go to Bob Evans as a group. So we would roll up in that bitch like 10 deep, a bunch of niggas and a white girl. <laughs> Sometimes two white girls, because Maureen would be with us, and get our grub on, and they were delicious then. But we used to have two Bob Evans, the Bob Evans um, at the Pierpont Center closed within the last year, which I always found to be the superior Bob Evans. The Westover Bob Evans is meh. They've changed their menu. They've changed ingredients. I hear there's rats all the time at Bob Evans since I started working in Westover. So, not a big Bob Evans guy. I got a waffle from there a few weeks ago. I was disappointed in that. We do have an Apple Annie's. But when I went, I was on keto. I was supposed to be breaking the keto diet to have a apple annie's breakfast and the breakfast was good but i had a buckwheat pancake and that was good too but uh apple annie's is a harder sell you know because normally when we go out to breakfast like my brother-in-law is vegan he's vegan now he's not a vegetarian anymore he's a vegan so we have to go somewhere that he's going to be able to find something to eat um which is fair i mean we don't want to ostracize him just because he decides to be vegan we respect his decisions you know um his words matter. Shout out to Nikki. Um, Denny's opened up within the last 18 months, maybe two years now. Um, next to uh, the Walmart close to my house. And it's garbage. My Denny's experiences all came from Kaiser, from going to Potomac State. Never, ever, ever had a problem with Denny's and Kaiser always found something good was always satisfied with my food and you know why to be completely honest with you denny's and kaiser is the busiest restaurant in kaiser because there's some other places eating kaiser but Kaiser's only yay long and otherwise if you want food you're going to go an hour or not even an hour yeah, yeah roughly an hour to cumberland and get food there's some restaurants up there but all the i mean but then Kaiser has fast food options too now. Uh, but Denny's is the most popular restaurant. And they cook like they're the most popular restaurant in Kaiser. The Denny's in Morgantown is garbage. Garbage. And I made that decision a while back. I had a burger from there. I think the last time Angel had went out of town for history bowl and I ran over there to get me, get some burgers and some dinner for me, Leah and Janice. And I just wasn't impressed. I was like, eh. And they changed their pancake uh, recipe not too long ago. And I, I just wasn't impressed. I'm in Romney, 20 minutes from home. You know, I just wasn't impressed. I just wasn't impressed, bruh. What do you want me to say? So, I may have been, I think I was home. I think they went out to run errands and stuff. And I just kicked it at house. I don't remember if I mowed that morning or what was going on. But um, met them at Denny's. I was like, yeah, I don't really want Denny's, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, can't remember I stayed keto that day. But um, 
I go to order this meal that's on the menu and the meal says it comes with pancakes I'm pretty sure I have pancakes. Maybe I didn't get the pancakes because I don't like the pancakes. I don't remember now. But whatever the main course was, I decided to get that. And then the meal plainly says on the menu, comes with bacon and sausage links and eggs. It's on the menu. Okay. Mind you, this is breakfast time. Like, this is Saturday at, like, 11 something this is before a debut game i think this is before we actually ended up taking Aaliyah to that football game that got rained out um no i had my hoodie so maybe it was before i went to the tailgate and got blasted drunk a few weeks ago that was a mistake <laughs> y'all heard some of my drunk tales there went a deer dang not in front of me. It was in front of the car in front of me. I just saw this little blur go. I don't even know how they saw that. Dang. Um, and I was like, yeah, I like this meal. And first of all, Denny's is not busy. There's like, they have tables in there. And well, obviously they have tables. They have plenty of seating in there. And the place is like a quarter percent capacity. Okay, so they're not busy. Okay? So uh, they come around to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to get uh, this meal. Da -da -da -da. And she looks at me. I'm sorry, we're out of sausage. Bitch, what you mean you out of sausage? What? You just opened for the day. I don't know what time Denny's opens. It's a breakfast place. Let's say Denny's opens at 6. Did you have a run on fucking sausage? Are you serious? I come to a breakfast place to get sausage. <laughs> and I can't get no fucking sausage? What? So like, oh yeah, we'll give you double bacon. Which ended up being four slices of bacon because they're only gonna give me like two slices of bacon and two sausage links probably. And then the food took forever. And then she she was acting like she was tired. Now I get it. As a wash person, I recognize another wash person. Especially her. In her 30s, maybe 40s. Working as a waitress at Denny's. Lord knows what she's been through in her life. God bless her pee-picking heart. Dead ass. But when you come to work... As a waitress, just like we all have to do with a lot, a, a lot of us have to do with our jobs. When you come to work, you leave your bullshit at the door, especially when you're interact, interacting with people, and whether you're interact, interacting with the public or your coworkers, you leave your bullshit at the door, and you try to have a good day. My mom always told me, um, like mom had back problems. Mom had her um, just didn't like. It was mostly back problems with mom. Um, her back and her, her legs would be hurting her and stuff. She's just always had back problems. I would literally watch her be in pain and be miserable, be laid up, um, can barely walk um, around the house, me helping her and getting her stuff to save her the, pro the, pro the troubles of moving. And then we have to go into Winchester to do something. And I'll see her 
completely changed. Like she'll go get the makeup done, go get the outfit, go get the outfit on, do the makeup, do the hair, start spraying the Clinique. You know, I just watched the whole transformation. All of a sudden, this vivacious woman standing in front of me who an hour ago was laid up on on um our on a recliner in the bedroom, just in pain and miserable. Could like nothing was comfortable for her. Standing upright. Still in pain, mind you. But she looked she looked better. Going to town. Go make a couple stops. Interact with people. Genuine smiles, laughing, joking. Leaving people with genuine inter, inter, uh, imp, uh, um, genu, uh, genuine interaction, like I like to say it in the show. Have genuine interactions with people. Mom was a goddess at that shit. And I know one time I looked at her and I said, how do you do that? And she's like, what? I was like, you literally, I'm not going up the Hampshire. I don't need to go up the Hampshire, I'm going home. Um, I was like, mom, you literally, I just watched you like you you couldn't do anything and now I look at you and you're you're out here brightening people's days and shit <laughs> how do you do that and she said to me it's not their fault that I'm having a bad day and I feel like I messed up the quote, and I always know verbatim, but that feels right. It's not their fault that you're having a bad day. And that's something I've always carried with me. And if I said that before on the show, fuck it, you heard it again. So, you're a waitress, you got your own shit, you got your own problems. Maybe you hit the bottle a little too hard last night. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you got sick kids. Maybe you got a, a trash husband at home who treats you horribly. Maybe your mom's sick. Maybe you're sick. Just you, you can have shit going on. But you came to work as a waitress. Now, there's a, a unique difference between, especially for me, there's a unique difference between it's busy as fuck and I'm stressed waitressing and serving I get that shit I get it I, I get busy as fuck at work and I feel like there's times where I'm like fuck, I, I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground I really don't but at the same time you know it's not their fault I'm having a bad day. And I, 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 I'm a little bit more lenient with that. So if you, you have a slight um, hecticness to you, that's completely fine. I'll be completely nice and say please and thank you and apologize if I make you do something for me that I forgot to tell you to do earlier or something. I will try to be as gracious as possible. But when I roll up into a fucking empty Denny's with no fucking sausage, <sighs> uh, I'm not still mad. I, I'm just having fun with it right now. And then your ass are acting half in the bag. And you don't want to fucking be there. Fuck you. 
I'm sorry. Like the the food took forever. She rarely came back to the table. Like after I made my order, she probably came back to the table less than five times. Now, I'm not one of those people that's like, I need my server to be at my table at least 10 times. Like, I'm not counting. I ain't that dude. And I'm not even that dude to be like, oh, the drinks are empty. And it's been a minute. Like, if you make it back within a reasonable amount of time, even if I feel like my drink was empty for a little bit, if you come back and give me my drink, we cool. But there was stretches. Empty water. Um, thankfully, I had coffee. Empty water. Um, just, I don't know, man. Uh, food took forever. Didn't come check on us. Didn't say, didn't say nothing. Like, saw her, like, and not like she had other tables. She might have, like, like, she was, I think we were the only table in her section. There was four of us and Aaliyah. So five of us. Sometimes I don't count Aaliyah as a person. <laughs> I don't mean to. There's five of us there. <laughs> There's a deer on the side of the road. Um so so yeah. And I saw her wandering the restaurant, I saw her talking to the staff, to other co-workers, while our drinks are empty. So that that's my problem with serving was that day and how it's like I get that food service is a fucking god awful job if you ain't built for it I get it I get it I truly truly do but don't give me no half ass service when there ain't nobody in a fucking Denny's especially when there ain't no fucking sausage shit So I couldn't remember that. And then I was like, huh, I have no idea what that means, what that topic means, the problem with servers. Then, before I remembered that, your boy went to Cheddar's in Morgantown on Sunday morning. Here's what happened. I was home again. Um, your boy went a little into his bag again, his drunk bag. We went to a Halloween party on Saturday night. It was open bar. We paid for the tickets. The bar was free. It was free all night. And my plan was I wasn't going to get too drunk. You know, I was going to have a good time. We had friends in. We were out with the friends. Jonathan and Aaron and Gary and Brandy and Ivy and BG. We was out with the homies. You know, we were having a good time. Now, two years ago we went, we all got blasted. And that was nuts. Nuts. But, uh, yeah, real talk. Um, you know, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say words right now. They're difficult. <laughs> we got real blast two years ago. Angel was like, I'm not going to get too drunk because we're certainly in Sunday school on Sunday. And then we're going um, to go to church or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I totally agree. And Angel did a good job of that. I did not. Now, I didn't get wasted. I didn't get tailgate wasted. Nor did I get two years ago Halloween party wasted. No throwing up, though I did feel close at one point. Um, I did hydrate in the middle of the night because Aaliyah woke up, um, took a shower, 
had trouble sleeping because Aaliyah woke up. So I actually was up from like four to almost seven. Because when Aaliyah wakes up sometimes, she's her night like goes off every 20 minutes. And if she's not asleep, then she keeps yelling for me. That's just how it always is. Most times she sleeps through the night, but then we run into these situations every now and again. Okay. With that said, it took her about an hour, hour 15 to get her back to sleep after she woke up. I didn't stop drinking in a reasonable amount of time. I could have. I was getting buzzed, but I was hanging out with Jonathan. I never get to see Jonathan. And I was hanging out with Gary. It was an open bar. I indulged a little too much. But still, because of Aaliyah waking up, I was um coherent. I was dehydrated as fuck, but I was just tired. So Aaliyah woke up in the morning and Angel got up with her. But I would have been able to get up. I was already... I was already past the drunk stage. I was just tired. But anyway, long story short, Angel gets up with Aaliyah. This, I gotta name this episode long story short. Um, Angel gets up with Aaliyah. Yes, I agree. I should do that, whatever you're dinging me about on Facebook. I think Orin, I think my friend Orenthal Hawkins went live. Shout out to O, man. He's a real, he's a real dude. He's a real stand-up guy. Never met him, but we're friends on the internet. Because the internet. Where was I? Um, yeah, so I wasn't hung over like that. I was just tired. So I thought Angel would wake me up when it's time to get Aaliyah to Sunday school and get her to church and everything. Angel does not do that. Angel leaves me in bed, so I sleep. And then I end up not going. So I, I missed Aaliyah's first day of Sunday school and I'm at church because I was tired, not because I drank too much. But I wouldn't have been so tired if I hadn't drank so much and actually, you know, cause and effect, ladies and gentlemen, cause and effects. So yeah, I meet up with Aaliyah, Janice, and Angel at Cheddar's last Sunday after, because I, um, Janice ran some errands, oh, and Christian. Um, Christian and Janice ran some errands. I kicked up with Jonathan and Aaron before they left. Navigating slowly because they got road work right here. And they changed the layout of the road. And I don't want to drive into a sign or one of these dividers. Those orange and white things, not the cones. But you know what I'm talking about. You've driven before. Angel and Aaliyah went to church, so I meet up with them, order my food, and this server just seems like he can't be bothered with shit. Like, this dude is literally acting like we came into his home, sat down, and ordered food from him at his own private domicile, and that is not what occurred. We went to a restaurant, which has fell off. I used to love Cheddar's. They rebranded recently as a country kitchen or some shit like that that's probably not even it whatever the fuck they rebranded as they fucked up their menu i got their country fried steak which i used to love and it was underwhelming i will not be going to cheddar's either anymore ladies and gentlemen i'd rather go to chili's and chili's has stepped it up recently chili's always felt like to me they just made mediocre average food they chip they have stepped it up i can get myself a good meal at chili's in morgantown shout out to chili's Thumbs down, two cheddars. But this just this dude just seemed like he couldn't be bothered. 
Angel asked him for something, and he was like, yep. Like, like, like yep, what? What? Yep. Yep, you at a rap concert, son? Get off my lawn. I don't know, man. So, apparently, servers think it's cool to have an attitude now. And I've run into my share of bad servers, man. And sometimes they're just bad at their job. Sometimes they're new. Sometimes, again, they're bad at their job. And sometimes they, they're busy as hell. And they, they're they trying to keep up. I get that. But there's no reason for any of this nonsense to you having an attitude because because your hoe wouldn't blow you off at four this morning and then your ass went to sleep having to come in the cheddars at 10 o'clock in the morning. Fuck that, son. Fuck that. So that's the problem with servers, man. Oh, wow. We had an hour 32. And I still have... I'm trying to check. I still have three other topics to get to. So guess what? I'm not going to tell y'all about what happened with my PS3. This episode, we'll save it. Maybe, shit, maybe, depending if I knock one out with dad, maybe I'll record 79 on the way back home. Maybe. Could it be a three episodes in three day kind of weekend? That would be some shit. And you know, I'll just put them bitches out back to back to back. Fuck stacking. On demand audio. So I still got three topics, but let's get into the recommendations, man. First and foremost, a Star is Born. I know me and Angel talked about it, but that movie is great. Gaga killed it. Bradley Cooper killed it. Music phenomenal. Great performances all around. Go see that movie. Shout out to Better in the Dark, man. I really like that movie. I really, really like that movie. Because me and Angel got to talk about it. Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know. But we're, we're, at, we're in spouse speak, so to speak, you know. And we were talking about a lot. We talked about a lot. Mostly she yelled at me for doing the trivia. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Go see A Star is Born. Please, please do it. You won't regret it. You will enjoy the hell out of the movie. In case you don't know what's up, it is a remake of the previous three incarnations of it. One with, um, oh, Tyler's going to kill me. The actress who played Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. God. Wow. One with Barbara Streisand. And then there's one. Damn. There's three remakes. Or there's three previous incarnations. This is the fourth 2018 version. It's really cool. I really enjoyed it. Go see A Star is Born. Please and thank you. So also, as I navigate here, the stone... The Stone Austin. The Steve Austin Show. The episode's called Breaking In BSR 2.0. Now, in case you don't follow the Stone, the Stone Cold Steve Austin Show like I do, I've been listening to it for years now. When I found out Steve Austin's getting a podcast, I was joyous. Because one of the best things about Stone Cold was listening to him talk. And it's no different on his podcast. And for a while there, he had two versions of the show. He had the, the Steve Austin show and then the Steve Austin show Unleashed where he would curse. Well, he did away with the Unleashed version. He just has one show now. But what he did 
is him and his wife actually sold the original Broken Skull Ranch in Texas and they moved it, they bought a place out in Nevada. Meanwhile, they still have their place in Los Angeles, as Steve likes to say. And he's no longer at 316 Gimmick Street. He actually purchased the property next door and he's at 317 Gimmick Street. So somewhere there's a podcast where he talks about the last time he went to the Broken Skull Ranch. I'm going to find that one because I love me some Steve Austin show. But breaking in the Broken Skull Ranch 2.0 is him and his wife, Kristen. Yes! Nice mind. Good job. Um, him and his wife, Kristen, sitting down, having a spouse pod, uh, just talking about uh, things going on at the new place, telling funny stories that happened to him. And it's really cool because if you know anything about Stone Cold, he's he's had a, a trashy history um, with his, um, his, pre, his first wife, I believe, when he got into business. And then he ended up I don't know if he was fully divorced from her by the time he hooked up with Deborah McMichael. Um, and then they got married. There was domestic issues in that relationship. Um, they got divorced. And then not that long after Stone Cold retired in 2003, uh, he was staying at Diamond Dallas Pages. And he got introduced to Kristen, who was not a wrestling fan. And the rest is history. And it's, I've never seen a picture of Kristen, never seeked out one, you know. You love who you love. Uh, so I don't know, I mean, he loves her, it's all that matters. But she could be a dom, she could be a seven, she could be a two, but she loves him. Or same, vice versa, they love each other. <laughs> but listening to them talk is just absolutely delightful. And one of the reasons why I love spouse pods, because nobody knows you better than your spouse supposedly so you you get two people like that on a, a podcast and I'm more than likely I'm tuning in but they just told funny anecdotes and funny stories like uh, how Kristen left uh, Stone Cold in his new truck I believe with the two dogs and she went in to try on a pair of uh, cowboy boots because she was uh, she had taken up riding lessons again. She hadn't ridden since she was a little girl. So she took up riding, 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 riding lessons again since they moved to Nevada. And she was getting her pair of boots and she put the boot on and she got jabbed by an errant, uh, one of those, you know, those uh, safe uh, security tags, how they have that needle in them that normally go through the garment. And then there's a, a clip on the other side. Well, apparently the security tag was needle side up in the shoe and she jammed her foot into it. So that happened, and at some point, um, they made another stop that same day, and she ran in somewhere, Petco, I believe. Good job, memory. And uh, yeah, she ran to Petco to get some things. Stone Cold stayed in the car uh, with the pups. She comes back out with a bag full of stuff, uh, walks up to the truck, and Stone Cold leaves his windows open and whatnot. And so she just thrust his stuff at him because she still had somewhere else she wanted to run to. She's like, here, take these bags. And realizes that she's looking at the wrong vehicle. And so it's things like that. And listen to them laugh and joke and uh, tell the stories and stuff of their everyday lives. Absolutely love it. So if you're going to listen to a Steve Austin show podcast that doesn't feature a wrestler, and you're just looking for a little something different, check out Breaking In the BSR 2.0 next we got the emperor's new groove which i finally watched recently and i loved it it's so fucking good how did i wait that long to watch this movie 
probably because I wouldn't have appreciated like I do now. Aaliyah turned it on one morning and it's so good. David Spade killed it. My man, um, uh, dude who plays Joe Swanson on Family Guy killed it as Kronk. Um, John Goodman killed it. Uh, I don't can't remember who did the the evil uh, witch's voice, but she killed it. The animation's on point. It's not a long running time. Like it's a it's a nice tight like what hour seventy minutes, eighty minutes tops, maybe even less than that. And the story goes, um, it, it, it's not something that there's a a lot of downtime in. It's not like we're going to build up to say Frozen, for example. I mean. You gotta, you gotta get through the realize Elsa has ice powers. Go see the trolls, and then they grow up. The parents get lost. Um, Coronation Day, um, meeting uh, what's his face Hans, uh, asking for a proposal, uh, getting refused, and then Elsa showing her powers, and then you kind of get into the actual meat of the story. You know, and same with Moana. It's like Moana can't leave the island. She's drawn to the water. Um, Maui did this. Um, the island's all you need. Song, song, song. She's growing up. We need food. Something's happening. Grandma Tala. Grandma Tala dies. Uh, Moana tries to sail before Grandma Tala dies. Then Grandma Tala dies. Moana's out. There's not a lot of build-up. You kind of just jump right into the Emperor's New Groove and you go all the way through. That movie's fire. Hopefully it's still on Netflix. If it is, watch that movie. Also... I may have enjoyed Kronk's new groove even more. I became a big Kronk fan. And Kronk is like one of the royal guards um, at the Emperor's Palace. And played by Patrick Warburton. Yes, memory. Hell yeah. Who needs podcasting 101? <laughs> I'm almost home. I haven't even done the outro. Um, shoot. Patrick Warburton's a delight as Kronk. Kronk, I even looked up... Uh, Kronk t-shirts. Not a lot of stock. I mean, the movie's fairly old now. Disney had a couple joints, so I may have to look into uh, making a Kronk shirt at some point. Um, I gotta get on my man Eric's level, though. My man be making his t-shirts. Like, I, I ain't done a, an iron press-on shirt since, uh, damn, what was the last one? Because I made a couple. I made a, for, well, I think my very first show, I made a Spider-Man one. I made a dope run, in, run DMC one that I love, but then it faded kind of badly because I, I don't think I did a great job. It was also one of the few white press-ons I did, uh, image transfers I did. So it, it didn't do too well in a washer dryer, but I kept it for years because the shirt was great quality. I got it from Michaels and I just loved the faded design on it. So I didn't really wear it out in public, but there was that. I had uh, my Hulk Hogan tee, RIP Hulk Hogan. Because sometimes it's easier to believe you died instead of being the person that you turned out to be. Men are trash. Um, so yeah, I, I did a few t-shirt transfers back in my day. But Eric's still on that joint. He be making some gems. So I got to get back on my game. Because I got to figure out my Clem and Lee t-shirt. I got to find the right image though. Yeah, it's difficult. I've looked through tons of Telltale Walking Dead images. Pinterest. Google image search and I ain't found the right one yet but I'm gonna make a Kronk shirt so Kronk's new groove might be even better so Emperor's new groove Kronk's new groove highly recommended what else we got speaking of Telltale Segway shout out to Crystal on her marriage and 
forthcoming baby, Everyday Rogue. Um, I watched Telltale Batman Season 2. I finally finished it. If you're an avid follower of the world's greatest podcast, as you should be, you probably know, I can't see, turn down your brights, bro. You probably know that I didn't finish Telltale Batman because Chris moved and finished Telltale Batman. Well, once I discovered Swing Point, I discovered that he did finish Telltale Batman season two. And so I, I started from the beginning and I watched the whole thing. And the cool thing about the Telltale games is the basics are there, like this is Batman, this is Bruce Wayne, this is Alfred. But then once they put the key pace things in place, like this is Commissioner Gordon, here's Catwoman. Um, they introduced Catwoman in the first one and it, it was kind of like, like the first season of Batman wasn't like your true introduction to the Batman. Um, like it wasn't his first um, outing, but let's say Batman had been around for uh, six to eight months, let's say, maybe even a year at this point, because Gordon trusted him. So there was enough trust there built that Gordon trusted Batman by then. So the cool thing about the Telltale Batman games is they deviate from the actual DC history after that. So all kinds of crazy things happen. I'm not going to lay down spoilers, but I will say that we get introduced to the character who... We get introduced to a character named John Doe in Season 2. And when you see John Doe, you're going to be like, oh, I know that guy. Who doesn't know that guy? But the choices you make throughout season two determine what happens to John. And honestly, I am gonna go ahead and say it, spoilers. It's one of the best Batman Joker stories I've ever witnessed. Both versions, both versions. So if you have a PS4 unlike me, go get Telltale Games, uh, Batman season two. Get season one too. But Go play season two. If you're not like me and like watching people play video games on YouTube, go watch it on YouTube. And I recommend Swing Point. Watching Swing's a lot of fun. Because he's he obviously you can read what's happening, but he, he lays off so you can hear what's going on without it being obnoxious. Like some YouTubers tend to do. Smooth doesn't do that, Brad Brad doesn't do that, neither Swing Point. I started watching this 2K19, WWE 2K19 career mode playthrough. And the dude's alright. But uh, <laughs> I haven't went back to it because I want to see what happens in the playthrough. But the the guy, the YouTuber's not holding my attention. But yeah, if you want to see a great Batman story, if you want to play it, play it. If you, you can probably find it for a good price on Amazon right now or wherever your discount video games are sold. Best of luck to you getting a season pass disc. I don't know if those exist. You may have to buy the individual episodes as you go along. And it's sad that uh, Telltale ended because I, I don't know if I talked about it on here, but they are going to finish the final season of The Walking Dead. We're going to find how Clementine's story ends find out exactly so it's not going to end after episode two episode three is expected before the end of 2018 so i'm thinking last three the two weeks uh two to three weeks of uh december we'll be looking at broken toys we're playing it if you have a ps4 um and that's exciting so it's a shame though that we're not going to get a wolf among us uh two which i haven't watched the first wolf among us i know eric was a big fan of that one 
because he's a big Fables fan. Um, and we're definitely not going to get any Telltale Batman Season 3. I don't know if there's any plans, though, for another company to possibly continue the series. It would be difficult with everything that's occurred in the series to continue the series. Um, I mean, with the developer, with Telltale shutting down, I mean, I would still like to see um, the story continue somehow. I doubt it will, but if it go like I, don't, I doubt DC will do this, but if they ever made a Telltale Batman comic, I mean, that would be cool, but I can't even be bothered to read the comics I haven't read yet. I ain't gonna buy a brand new comic. Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn, you kids. You're reading. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, though. This trip's gone by hella fast. This trip has definitely went by hella fast. Last one. Actually, uh, these are some music recommendations. I got three of them. So it's not the last one. Metro Boonin... Metro Boomin and Big Sean Double or Nothing came out last year late last year I believe and I finally listened to the whole thing it's only 10 tracks it's really good now I I noticed in me looking at reviews after I listened to the album I noticed there's a lot of people out there who just aren't Big Sean fans and that's fine you don't like Big Sean you don't like Big Sean you know that's not a big deal that's fine and good. You don't fuck with Big Sean. I do. I'm a big, I, I'm a big, big Sean fan. I'm more of a fan of the fondly famous three through Hall of Fame Sean. And I don't remember if Detroit came out before Hall of Fame or after Hall of Fame. I did enjoy the album. Um, I don't fuck with you was on. I did enjoy. I decided it was cool, but I, I the Sean that I was a big fan of was, boy, you know, boy, that's Sean. But I've always respected Sean's lyricism, everything. For my first true exposure to a, a vast majority of Metro Boomin's production, he's a really dope producer. I could fuck with some Metro Boomin produ production, and I found that surprising. All of the joints were never dope. Cause don't get me wrong, the shit he did with uh, Kanye with uh, Omari was fine. Um, I mean, I liked it, and but I mean, I probably heard a bunch of Metro Boomin songs, but as y'all know, I don't actively listen to new rap music anymore. So who knows what I may have heard and what I may not have heard. But it's really good. I like the top to bottom. You may find some songs cringy like a, a few other people did, but I found it to be enjoyable, Big Sean Project. And I, I think I actually liked it better than I decided, to be completely honest with you. That was a big-ass bird there in the middle of the road. Oh, I still got to do my outro. <laughs> ah! Maybe I'll sit in the car, do the outro. My dad be like, what the fuck you sit outside for? Nothing, Dad. Just podcasting. Um, I checked out Childish Gambino's EP project. I never had outside of Freaks and Geeks. I finally listened to it. It was sent to me by my friend Cortez. And uh, because he sent me some recent stuff I didn't have that I hadn't had time to get, so he hooked the brother up. Like he got me the new Prime and the new Royce. 
and maybe the J. Cole too, which I still haven't listened to. And the EP is really good too. It it segues nicely into what camp was. Um, a lot of what I, I heard on there could be heard on camp. And it wasn't so much that he got better on camp. It was like a lot of his projects. I direct movement into camp. You know? Um, and it, like, he just kind of, I don't know, camp sounded bigger than the EP, but there's some really good joints on there. Classic Gambino. Check that out. And then I finally checked out Queen Herbie, formerly known as, well, the group itself, formerly known as Carmen. And you may remember her from that little cute white girl um, with the piano playing boyfriend who rapped Look At Me Now and killed all the verses flawlessly like seven years ago. Uh, about two years ago, two years ago, 18 months ago, she decided, they decided to drop the Carmen moniker and go away from making pop music and they got out of their record deal after a, um, an underwhelming solo album or not solo album, underwhelming third or second album, like their first one did okay. And they had some joints on there, but they decided they didn't want to go to Carnival anymore. They want an R&B, hip hop slant on it. Called it Queen Herbie. Q-V-E-E-N-H-E-R-B-Y. And I checked out EP1. She's about to put out EP4. I have EP1, 2, and 3. Gotta check out 2 and 3. EP1 is only five tracks. It's dope. It's dope. Go check that out. So I'm home. Um, you know what? I'm happy to be home. I appreciate you happening, y'all. Go listen to Hyphen Nation wherever podcasts are sold on your favorite podcast listening platform, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, at B hyphen, hyphen universe on Facebook, hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, and on Facebook and the B hyphen the B hyphen on Instagram. B hyphen at gmail.com, hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Uh words of wisdom for today. Count your blessings. Enjoy them. That's all I got, man. I'm going in the house. Thanks, y'all.